Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Albuquerque Three Angels SDA Church Sabbath School podcast presented from the Three Angels SDA studio right here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I am Elder AJ, and I'm joined this morning by Elder Nick. And this week's lesson is titled, Jesus Wins, Satan Loses, and is for the week of March 25th through the 31st. So, brand new quarter as we get started with a whole new set of lessons, and um, pretty much the whole topic of this this quarter is on the three angels messages and there's so much more to that than just the simple three messages right as we'll see in this quarter i'm sure you've browsed through the topics already been able to kind of look at it and see what's what's ahead of us and um so i'm excited for this quarter yeah i think if if it's a continuation of what we learned in the last quarter you know we got how to live now it's how to prepare how to prepare yeah and yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to this to this quarter. You know, I'm just looking at some of the titles of some of the lessons, and it's definitely going to be a very thorough and in-depth discussion every week. And I think the listeners and those that are actually going through the Sabbath school lessons, you know, are going to find some blessings in this, but also be informed and educated on some very crucial topics. Yeah, I agree. All right, so before we get started, let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, this morning as we get into the Sabbath school lesson, we ask for your guidance, for your direction, for your Holy Spirit to be able to um, help us to understand, inspire us, Lord, give us the the message you want us to hear this morning. We ask that you will um, enlighten our minds, help us to be able to have a, a new set of eyes and a, a fresh mind to be able to grasp the concepts in this lesson, Lord, as we go through each week in this quarter and that we know that it builds upon the other, we ask that you will help us to see the connections, help us to connect the dots, and to be able to um, apply those lessons to our lives personally. And we ask you that, you that you will continue to be with each and everyone who is studying their Sabbath school lesson throughout the week as they continue to prepare for their Sabbath study lessons, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So real quick, I just want to let everybody know that, uh, as you can see, we are going over the lessons one week prior. So as we're going through this lesson, this is to help our listeners who are actually going through the study during this week have some insight and some information. So it should help them understand the lesson a little bit more clearer than, you know, us providing our, our viewpoints and our take and a summary at the end of the week, we're going to do it at the beginning of the week. And we're going to find this to be a a lot easier for everybody who's doing Sabbath school, because I know if I had somebody who gave me like a full summary of what the lesson was about before I read it, I think a lot more information would click for me. <laughs> and, and worst case scenario, you you know you're busy throughout the week and you didn't have a chance to go through every day throughout the week. You can hopefully listen to this and just get a quick summary, and before you go to your Sabbath school classes on Sabbath. So I think it'll be it'll be a, a good good change for for us as well and for for all of the listeners. Oh yeah. So as we're gonna go through this, let's go ahead and take a look at the memory text for this week's uh, lesson. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people have heard this before. Mm -hmm. So this is coming out of Revelations 12, verse 17. And the dragon was enraged with the woman, and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now, this week's lesson really broke down what this verse was saying. Yeah. And... 
to understand all this. I mean, we're we're reading the great controversy right now. We have a great controversy study going on here in our church, and a lot of what's talked about here yeah, is especially. reflected in that first chapter of the great controversy. Now, the great controversy is more specific to the fall of Jerusalem after Christ was crucified. Yeah, the chapter one, right? Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. I think, you know, reading that, looking at this, going through the study, I I see that, you know, this that phrase, history likes to repeat itself. And God and Christ both said it's going to happen again. Yeah. You know, to prepare for. And they give all of the signs. They tell us exactly what to expect, what to look for. And to see the signs and here, you know, this study just to understand, like, especially the last quarters, 12th week lesson about making a choice. You know, there's only two choices, there's only two choices. And that yeah. continues here. You see that same theme, right? Oh yeah. It's, it's like in the very beginning of the lesson, the, the summary for the lesson of the week, you know, it says we too are in a life and death battle with the wily foe. You know, do we fall victim or do we stand triumphant? <clears throat> and just reading some of the stuff in here and then looking at some of the history as well of some of these battles and how crazy these battles were. You know, right here, Hannibal's army of 55,000 soldiers mm-hmm. from Carthage defeating the invincible <laughs> Roman army of 80,000 strong. It's That's like a David and Goliath <laughs> yeah. moment right there. Yeah. But you see it all the time. You see, you know, and even in modern times, there's been major battles that have happened here in the United States during the Civil War where it was a small attachment taking on a mass army mm-hmm. and being triumphant, surprisingly. And here, you know, we're seeing some of the things that are going on at that time and the correlation to what we're to see as we get and go through these times now. Yeah. It's the correlation, the the comparisons, the parallels of all this is just insane. Yeah, and the fact that so many people will read through this and assume automatically that they're not, they're not, they have no part in this. You know, this is between God. This is between Satan. This is uh, forces that we that we can't see yet. Every one of us is going to fall on one side or another. Yeah. And I think we talked about that in the last lesson as well. Is that no matter what we what we do, we're going to fall into one of the sides. If I choose not to follow God, I can make that decision on my own to not follow God. But if I do that, I'm automatically, by default, going to fall over to stay inside. I'm going to, to be, the forces of evil will, will automatically overtake me, right? And we see it all around us. I don't care <clears throat> what you do, where you go, what <laughs> you could watch the news, you could read the news. There's evil everywhere. The evil that is that is going on in our world today is things that we we never even thought thought about when we were probably young, you know, and things that I'm having to explain to my children, and I'm sure you're doing the same, of think of 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 the experiences that they're gonna have to face. I mean, they're just things that I never thought we would have to sit down and talk to our children about. And here we are talking about these types of issues oh, yeah. that, that they're gonna that they're gonna face growing up that I didn't have to face. And so we see the evils in the world. We see the, all of the problems that are going on around us. And we say, well, the, you know, I, I, don't, I don't really want to partake in that. That's not, my, that's not what I want to yeah. deal with. <laughs> but, but if you're, you, know, you believe in God, 
then they, we there we know that there's gonna there's a devil as well that wants to overtake us. And I, I really do feel that you know the whole trying to explain things to our kids today stuff that when we were growing up you know it was it was very simple it was you know we can go outside and play in the streets not come home until like eight or nine mm-hmm. you know it was always go play until the sun goes down yep you and know? they had to drag us in though oh. no they're, they're, <laughs> they don't want to go home nowadays you know it's you're kind of terrified to let your kids go to the end of the driveway mm-hmm. because society has fallen so much in the last like 20 years and it's you know you hear people say well not much has changed it's just now the information is more out there you're more aware of what's going on and part of that's true but at the same time you know if we're looking at scripture and we're taking what we're seeing in scripture scripture is telling us things will change fast and it's not going to be you know days it's or years or anything like that. it's going to be like months we're going to see changes days we're going to see changes and we're seeing that now especially if you look at some of the events going on in our government yeah you know we have the ukraine war that's going that absolutely has nothing to do with us but somehow we're involved it'll affect us at some point right you know we have you know the lgbtq <coughs> community you know fighting for certain rights you know Rights that I do, I personally don't agree with, but we see this blasted all over the TV, all over the internet, all over social media. There's, there's this idea that if you're not on our side, you're on the wrong side. Yeah, and every group is going to feel that way. Yeah. about about their about their uh, position. And when you look at scripture, the only side you really want to be on is the side of Christ. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be on that other side of lies and deceptions, and you know pain and suffering <clears throat> but that's where the world's at right now it's that line that we used to be able to say as kids that's right or that's wrong has become so blurred right yeah you know, when when i was growing up it was you're going to be home at this time if you're not home you're going to be grounded or you're going to get a spanking <clears throat> when you're like seven eight years old the worst thing you want to come home to is your dad sitting there with a belt waiting for you to come onto the doorstep because you did not show up home on time. Mm-hmm. Today, you have to be very cautious about that. You yeah. can't discipline your child the same way as you know yeah. we were disciplined because people see that and call that automatically <laughs> abuse. It's like, well, what do you want me to do? You just want me to talk to them? <laughs> and All right, yeah. All right, and that's Billy, why there's, down, so, you know? there's so much evil in the world today because I think it's stemming from that. Like, because we're not, um, in a sense, allowed to discipline the way we were disciplined growing up, there's gonna, there's more power to the to yeah. a child, and so they feel that they can out, you know, overrule the parent, and that's where you see the, the the shift happening in society today. You see that the child is is the parent, and the parent is the child, yeah. right? And scripture calls out says, "You spare the rod, you spoil the child," mm-hmm. and we're seeing that as you know you need to spoil your child, you know, and completely spare the rod. And we're seeing the the detriment that that has caused. Mm -hmm. And as we're going through this lesson, you know, we have to remember that if we're living by the principles that Christ and God put in place for us to follow, you know, there should be, there should be the commandments in the home. Honor thy mother and father, you know, have no other gods before me. Putting those things in place, you know, and that's, 
that's the way you can show which side of this battle that you're on. And I think looking at, you know, modern day Christianity, I think there's a lot of confusion in a lot of churches Mm -hmm. because they don't want to, they don't want to be offensive to certain communities. They don't want to hurt the feelings of certain individuals. And I hate to say it, but the truth hurts. Yes, it does. You know, <clears throat> how many times have we read where Christ has gone into the temple and challenged the truth of the Pharisees and said, you are not living by the truth that God had put in front of you. Mm-hmm. You're misinterpreting what God said, or you are doing something that you know you shouldn't be doing. And Christ, Jesus, he called everything out for what it was. For what it was, yeah. And it made a lot of people mad because people don't like hearing the truth sometimes. Yeah, that's true. And just looking at at this title last week when I opened this lesson, the fact that Jesus wins, Satan loses. I think a lot of people, when they're going to see that title, they're going to have a hard time understanding what that means because they're looking at the world from a perspective of, of, of what's going on around them today. Yeah. So I say, well, I feel overwhelmed in life. I have a lot of problems in my life. The, the, the problems keep coming. It feels like Satan's constantly attacking me. How is it that if Satan's constantly attacking me, how can we say that Jesus wins? Because right now it feels like Jesus is not yep. winning. It feels like the, the forces of evil are overtaking my life and that I'm not able to overcome. And yep. so we see that and it's hard to understand. But as we go through this lesson, we're going to realize that it's talking about, you have to take a step back from everything and realize that it's a bigger picture here. It's not just what's going on in your life today. It's what happened in the entire in the entire war, right? We see that we're going to go through here in sun, on Sunday's portion of the lesson that battle in heaven yep. and what happened. And when we take a step back, we, we, we go through that story and we go through what Jesus did on this earth and, and dying on the cross, we're going to see the bigger picture of what it means so that Jesus wins and Satan loses. And it's hard to understand that at first because if you just look at that title and apply it to your life today, it's hard to say, Man, it's did Jesus win? Because right now it feels like Satan's winning in my life, and that and that's something that we have to. I think we're going to have to understand. Um, and like you mentioned in the last lesson, that those who follow Christ, those attacks are going to be constant, constant, oh, yeah. constant. You're trying to do the right thing, and when you try to do the right thing, you're going to be attacked more for doing the right thing. And, and that's something that um, I hope that we're able to 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 at least bring out, you know, in this lesson specifically. Yeah, and. Yeah, you know, we we look at Sunday's lesson and the battle itself. You know, we can read Revelation. Revelation explains pretty much how the battle started, mm-hmm. why it started, and it's honestly we are. I want to say eighty percent into this battle right now in our lives today, where we're at. And you look at the things going on, and you look at what's going on in here. It's it's really comes down to exactly what it says here. It's a choice mm-hmm. that has to be made. And in the beginning of the battle, you know, free will was involved, you know, and I, I remember reading that love, God's love is unconditional, but at the same time, you can't force somebody to love you. Yeah. You know, there has to be a free giving of that love. And, you know, all beings were given that, the choice to love and to worship. You know, God 
provided his love and his blessings to those who follow and love him back. And even to those that, you know, at the time don't know him, he's giving lessons to help you find your way to him and to show your love to him. But it has to be a free, free choice. He's not forcing you to do it. Because if you force somebody to love you, it's not love. (laughs) And that, that free will, that free will, that choice is the very thing that's been challenged today. I've come across many people, believers in this faith and non-believers alike that will say, no, there, there is no choice. You have no, you have no choice because if God knows all and if he knows everything you're going to do, then it doesn't matter what choice you make because at the end of the day, he already knows what's going to happen. Yes, God knows what's going to happen in your life, but he doesn't force you to make the choices that, that, that ultimately get you there. You have that free will of choice to decide which direction you want to go. He doesn't push you in one direction or the other. And so because of that, many people challenge and say, well, we don't really have choice. And so they believe that they, they, what they do is they get choice and they just take it out of the equation completely. And they say, well, it, things are just the way they are. I'm either going to be saved or I'm not going to be saved. Or if I accept Christ, that's all I have to do. And I don't have to do anything else. Like we talked in the yeah. last lesson about the works and the faith base, right? there's going to be many people that are going to be challenging choice because choice itself, that freedom of choice is an expression of God's love. Yep. And, and that's something that his entire government is based off of. And when many people question and say, you read revelation 12, you see the battle in heaven. You say, well, well, why would a perfect being in heaven sin? How could that be possible? And the possibility is that it always existed because there was a free will choice to not follow God. He presented something that was perfect. He presented a perfect environment. And we, we, we look at that word perfect today in our, in our world. We say, oh, well, perfect is hard to explain because really there's nothing perfect yeah. in our world. Everything has some problem, some issue, whether it's people or um, even a product or anything. We say, oh, this product is perfect. Well, it's perfect for the time that you unwrap it, maybe. And then as you use it, it's going to have wear and tear and it's no longer perfect. So for us, that word is really hard to understand. We can't grasp perfect. And so it's hard for people to say, well, understand why would sin originate in a perfect environment? But it is simply because there was a free will choice. They had the ability to, to choose what they wanted to do. Yeah. And, and that's powerful. If you really think about that, that the fact that there was a, a perfect angel in heaven who took down a third of the angels because he deceived them. We, we always look at the fact that Satan himself, or Lucifer at the time, had this ability to free will to choose, to say, I want that position of God. I want to be like God. I want to take his position and, and allow all of those feelings to continue to, to, to work up into the, to make him do what he did. But then he started to talk to the other angels and we, we know that he took a third of the angels, but we don't know how many other angels still heard yeah. his message and decided, no, 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 that's wrong. I don't want to do that. They also had the, the ability to choose, to free will choice, to say, no, I don't want to listen to what you're saying. I'd rather follow God. And, and I like how here in this lesson it calls out Luke 23, or 11.23. And it says in 11.23, He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. Now, you have to think, at this time, you know, the angels were there. They communed with God personally. 
they were there with, after, you know, everything was created, they were there. And they saw firsthand the power of God, mm-hmm. the things that God can do. They felt his love. They felt his presence. And the fact that Lucifer was able, like you said, to convince, because that's what it was. It was convincing. Convincing, yeah. You know, a third of the angels. That's as far as we know. It's a third of the angels followed Lucifer. Mm-hmm. And we know that at least a third <clears throat> remain on God's side. Mm-hmm. Now, there is that middle group. Yeah. You know, the ones that yeah. saw both sides and didn't want to sit there and have to deal with the conflict. You know, that's going to happen. That's Yeah, of course. There's always going to be those um, conscientious objectors mm-hmm. <laughs> who don't want to fight but don't want to join the opposing side either. Yeah. And you have to think, you know, with the, the many different choirs and levels of angels that we read about in Scripture, you know, some of them weren't fighters. Some of them, you know, were there to, you know, to observe and to write and to keep track of history. You know, not fighters, not like, you know, Lucifer, not like Michael, not mm-hmm. not like Gabriel or any of the, the big name angels that we know of. But they were probably stuck in the middle and in a situation where you have to choose because it says right here, either you're with me or you're not. Mm-hmm. And that's got to be tough be in that situation and that's and it it, like i said parallels that's where we are right now yeah we're dealing with that you know we have those that have already said we are not going to follow your god we're not going to listen to Mm -hmm. jesus we're not going to follow scripture that's it okay you've made your choice god understands you've made it's going to hurt for god he it says in even revelations he goes he will weep at that time because of what has to be lost Mm -hmm. he wants everybody to be there. Yeah, of the course. End. He doesn't want to have to destroy out of existence, you know, not just throw you in hellfire, but destroy yeah. for eternity. No more remembrance. <laughs> you know, that, that's gotta be painful, but the ones that are stuck in the middle yeah. here today, I think when God looks at those individuals <laughs> that haven't made that choice yet, and how close we are getting to this end time, that's got to, I know God's got to be in pain watching this going, you see the things in front of you. Yeah. You see my love and my compassion. Why are you still struggling? And for a lot of people, it's just, they haven't had that experience, that that aha moment yeah. in their lives. And, you know, for most people, when they find God, it's usually because something in their life has happened to bring them back to God. And in most cases, it's usually not a good situation. Yeah. And I know one of one of the things that as I was reading Revelation 12 that we see that, that ends up happening is that we know that Satan was cast down to this earth. We know that he is aware that he only has a short time. And we see that everything that happened through Jesus's life and how he constantly attacked Jesus over and over and over, all in hopes to be able to overcome Christ. Because he knew if he can overcome Christ, and, and Christ didn't go through with his mission, he would be victorious. And ultimately, we would all be lost. When Christ dies and resurrects, Satan knows that's it. That whole title that we're talking about, Jesus wins, Satan loses, that's that point right there. Satan realizes at that moment that he lost the entire battle. 
what happens, what's going through his mind when he knows and he's aware that you lose the battle. You say, fine, I'm not going to win this overall large thing, this large battle. So he gets enraged. And what happens when he gets enraged? I, can't, I couldn't overcome Christ. I couldn't overcome him and, or, and, and, and win the big battle. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to go after his followers. I'm going to go after those who keep the commandments of God and, and, and follow Christ. Those are the ones who I'm going to attack now. So it's that mentality, right? If, if I'm going to go down, I'm going to take as many down with me as I can. Oh, yeah. And that's what he's trying to do. And so today he's enraged with all of the followers of God and is now set to make war with the believers. And those are the people that I'm more concerned about. The people that have made their choice to not follow God have already made their choice to not follow God. There's nothing we can do about that. We can't force them. Just like you said, that love can't be forced. You can't force somebody to follow God. What I'm more concerned about is the people in our church today who believe in God and will be attacked and make a choice to fall, to fall away. Yeah. There's been many times that I've had to deal with attacks from family members who don't believe what I do. And those attacks are the most brutal attacks ever because they're going to come at you and challenge your faith. Yep. Everything that you believe, they're going to challenge you on every point that you, that you mention. If you say something about uh, tithing, if you say something about prayer, you say something about Jesus, you say something about free will choice, they're going to attack you on that. And they're going to try to change your mind. They're going to be the, what we read in the story, Satan, Lucifer yep. in heaven, going around spreading these lies. And so... At that moment, when those people are attacking your faith, you have that choice to make again. Do I continue to follow what I know to be true? Or sometimes, and this has happened to me in the past, especially early on when I didn't, I didn't study as much, I didn't read the Bible as much, people would challenge, friends would challenge my faith. And I would go home and I'd question, man, did, are they right? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe this didn't really happen. Maybe the... You know, I, I would I would have those doubts in my mind. And like we mentioned before, it's it's okay to have questions because questions help us to learn. But if that question turned into me saying, you know what, this is this is this is all this is all complete nonsense, I'm walking away from it. Yep. That's that point that we're facing right now in, in history where people are going to have to make that choice. People in church right now, Christians who believe in God, the same God that you and I believe in, are going to have to be faced with these choices. Yeah. And that's what I'm more worried about. And, and we see here, too, that the attacks from Satan never stopped. They won't stop until, you know, mm -hmm. God makes that final mm -hmm. destruction, that final elimination of all sin and wickedness. It's going to happen all the way up to that point. And you're, you're absolutely right. Satan already knows the end game. He already knows that he's he lost from the day that he set forth the battle with God. He knew that his destruction was imminent. Now, it's one of those things, and you're absolutely right. You know, doubt is one of the biggest tools that Satan has. Mm -hmm. If he can make you doubt the smallest thing in the world, he knows that doubt will, you know, fester and fester and fester, and eventually you'll begin to doubt everything. Yeah. And, you know, Christ says that to his disciples. He tells them, expect things to happen. If you're following my way, you're following my lead, you are following <clears> God, <throat> do not expect it to be easy. 
Because yeah. it's not. You're going to be tempted. You're going to be faced with doubt. You're going to be faced with the hardness. You're going to be faced with the cruelty of the world. But keep your eyes focused. Keep moving forward and stay with the scriptures. Stay in the path that God has set for you. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll admit, I've had times where I've doubt, doubted. You know, I'll I'll see something, I'll hear something, and, you know, it'll cause conflict in my own mind. Mm-hmm. And if I let it continue, yep. that doubt gets stronger <clears throat> and stronger, and it, it's hard to push out. It is, yeah. You know, and it gets triggered by some of, the, like, the weirdest things, too. Yeah. It's like, well, that doesn't make sense to me. But if I don't sit there and I don't open up scripture, I don't sit there and pray about it. And if I don't sit there and talk to, you know, one of the other elders, or if I don't talk to my wife or somebody in church who may have some insight, that, that little doubt will get worse. And, you know, I've talked about it before as a kid, you know, when you watch your parents get divorced, people that, you know, you expect as a child will be together forever. Yeah. You know, as, that's the one <laughs> thing that every uh, child wants, right? Is to see that the parents are together until the end of days. But as a kid watching your family break apart, you know, and you remember that the commandment, honor thy mother and father and, you know, to put God first. In a situation like that, it gets really hard. And for me as an eight-year-old, when my parents got divorced, had a huge impact on where my life went at that point. Yeah. You know, I completely lost faith because if my parents can't keep it together, then, you know, what expectations do I have that anything in the Bible will come to fruition? Yeah. And, you know, it, it wasn't like instantaneous. It took time for this to happen. Yeah, over time created. The but feelings. if my parents couldn't love themselves or love each other, who... Yeah, you know where where am I going to get that love from? And it was really tough, and it it caused me to have a lot of doubts. And it took yeah. many many years. I left the church. I I'll admit it. I became like an atheist. I stopped believing in God. I was like, what's the purpose? Yeah, I I don't see anything happen in my life. Everything that's happened up to that point, you know, when I made that decision to stop following. Nothing was going the way I wanted it to. I, everything was falling apart. In my well, to me, you know, being a teenager, the entire world it's falls apart, apart, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, but I didn't have like that structure. I didn't have that 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 belief to turn and open scripture and read scripture and yeah. find your path. And it really had a huge impact for me. And like it, I've talked about it before, you know, it it took a moment of me breaking down to find my way again. Yeah. And, you know, thank God really that I'm, I'm here today because I honestly, I don't know where my life would have been if I didn't see or didn't take that choice seriously when it was laid before me. Yeah. And a lot of people today, that's where they're at right now. There's a choice that's in front of them and they know they can see it. They can feel that choice is there, but the world causes you to doubt everything. And it's Satan putting these lies out there, putting this, this misinformation out there. And we, we see it today. You know, they, they're pushing to get rid of 
churches in many places trying to shut down churches. They tried to shut down churches for the last couple of years because it was a place of congregation. It was a place that one of the things that society needs to to maintain itself, you know, is healthcare, is a military, and it's faith. And when you take one of those away, that community crumbles. Mm-hmm. You know, the ability to protect themselves, the ability to take care of themselves and feed themselves, but a, the ability to <clears throat> to have that faith. And when you remove faith, society will crumble. Mm-hmm. And we've seen it throughout history. When you look at when Jerusalem fell, they said they had faith. But Christ looked at Jerusalem and said, I don't see it here. You know, I don't see the faith that you guys have. All I see and all I hear is the the crying of mothers and children and the stomping feet of armies. That's all I'm hearing. And we saw what happened. That's, that's where we're at right now. We're, we're hoping that when Christ looks at our lives, that he doesn't hear crying and suffering, but he hears hope and faith. And the biggest thing for Satan is to make you doubt that. Yeah. To make you doubt that God is going to win at the end of this. If he can make you think that God doesn't exist, that's victory for him. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. And, and, and I think that choice, we often look at that choice as being a one-time choice. When we accept Christ and come to him, get baptized, get Bible studies, we made a choice to follow God. But in reality, that choice is something we face with every single day. Yep. You know, every single day you, like you said, you're going to read something, you're going to see something on TV, you're going to, you're going to go to work and somebody's going to challenge your faith. And every day you're going to have to make a choice. Do I want to continue following the God that I originally believed in? There's going to be the mornings you're going to wake up and you're going to feel physically terrible. Mentally, your mind's going to be a mess. You're just going to, it's going to be a mess. You just feel like life's falling apart and you're not going to have things sorted out. Nope. And in those times, especially when you're down, you're emotionally unstable, are the times that you you don't always turn back to God and prayer and reading the Bible. And so those are the things you're going to have to overcome on a daily basis. And those are the challenges that, that he's constantly throwing at us, that yep. Satan's constantly attacking us with, that he uses, a lot of the times, use our feelings to be able to over overcome us because we're filled with emotion at the moment. And we don't think rationally. We don't go back to what we know is truth. We say, well, today I don't feel like following God. Today I don't feel like praying. Today I don't feel like doing the things I know I should be doing or the things that are have been sustaining me for all of these years. And and you'd say, well, it doesn't seem like it would be that that easy for him to overtake you. But he, but it is. Yeah. Sometimes it can be something as 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 easy as that to, to make you start doubting. And I think there's a huge misconception today of, of believers of Christ. They feel that well, once I accept Christ, I'm no longer going to go through the hard, really hard stuff that other people in this world do. And I think that challenges us because when something does happen in our lives, we begin to question God and say, well, if, if, if he was caring for me and loving for me, he wouldn't let this thing happen to me. Think about somebody who gets cancer, right? And, and gets a, a sentence that says, <laughs> you only have a year to live. How does that make you feel in, in relation to your relationship with God? Most people would automatically question and say, why'd you let this happen to me, God? 
Yep. I mean, if I'm your child, I'm following you. I'm trying to do what's right. Look at all the evil people out there who are murdering people and, and, and they're completely fine. Why do I have to get this sickness? And so just something like that, that's a huge life-changing situation can be enough to make many people turn away from God. And it, it's interesting that you bring up that point too about, you know, why me? Yeah. I think the best thing for us to remember is the conversation that Christ had with, with little James. Cause little James, if we remembered had, had a disability, mm-hmm. you know, he was unable to walk correctly. Right. And he asked God or Jesus in front of him said, you know, why have you not healed me yet? And he, could you imagine the heartbreak that Jesus had at that question? You know, I see you healing everybody else, yeah. you know, going out and healing the sick, healing the enemies, you know, because at the time they, people didn't like Syrians, but he was there in Syria. He was helping, he was healing. And, you know, imagine being a follower of Christ, seeing this and then asking yourself, well, why haven't I been healed yet? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that same exact situation? Yeah. yeah exactly. But, but what was amazing is the way Jesus broke it down to James is, you will be healed. It's just not here. Not, yeah, not, not at this moment. Because he, there's, uh, there's a situations that we can go through where God sees that our condition can be used for more powerful, in a more exactly. powerful way than if we were, you know, say to be healed from something or having some, not, e- not even just, even if you just don't even think about a disability, just sometimes disadvantages that we have in yeah. life. At times, and I say, well, God, why can't I have this? Or why can't I have that? Um, and he says, well, I, I need you to be right where you are because that's where I need, that's where you're going to have the most impact and the most effect on yep. people. Yeah. And that's, that's what he told James. He was like, imagine the message you can convey mm-hmm. that you not being healed, but you are healing others. And still doing that work. Yeah. You know, that, that's power in a message right there. Yeah. That your faith is that strong that you're looking past your own, your own issues, and you're caring about the issues of others. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> if I was told that, you know, I had one year left to live, am I going to live that one year for myself? Yeah. Or am I going to live that year and share the blessings I've received and share the gospel and share the message? And in a situation like that, it's going to be tough. Yeah, but it's also a choice, right? You're going to be faced with that choice to be able to, you can still choose which way you want to go in that mm-hmm. sense. Again, you're not forced to go one way or the other. You have that freedom freedom of will to be able to choose that. And I, I think it's good to say, you know, it's not the variety of tools to use. It's the tools that you have that you can use. Mm-hmm. And a testimony is a good example of that. And I've seen it here in this church that when somebody gives their personal testimony about how God affected your life, there's always that start of, I was sick or I was struggling or I was in a position I shouldn't have been in. And then something in their life happens and they see that God was trying to work something in their lives Mm -hmm. And it, again, it's that choice. Do you recognize the things that God's trying to do for you or do you ignore them? 
You know, do you ignore the signs? And that's everybody's always saying, I'm waiting for a sign. I'm waiting for a sign. Yeah. yeah or yeah. I'm waiting for something to happen to, to spark that for me. It's like, well, just look around. You're breathing. Mm-hmm. You're alive. You're here. It may not be the best situation, but you woke up this morning. Yeah. That's a blessing. Yeah. Every time you wake up and you say, God, thank you for another day, you're just ensuring that Satan understands that he is going to lose. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to be reminded of that. And if even the toughest times you could sit there and you could still give praise to God, you could still sit there and say thank you to the, to God for giving you at least the breath of life. Yeah. Is a victory for God. Yeah. And when you read the story of Job and you read that story and you say, man, how, how could he still continue to follow when he literally lost everything? You're talking about somebody who lost stuff. <laughs> that yeah. guy lost stuff. And even to the point where he was afflicted physically and still didn't turn back to God. Yes, he asked questions like we talked about. He asked questions of God and, uh, and asked him why certain things. But he never gave up his faith. He, cho- he made a decision and, ch- and chose that I'm going to follow him no matter what. Because at the end, I know that I came in with nothing. I'm going to leave with nothing. So at the end of the day, I'm... And like we read in the last lesson, like Paul, Paul had his eyes fixed on that prize, right? He knew what was going to come and he believed 100% in what was going to come. And if, and if you truly believe that, believe that eternal life, heaven, you believe in all of those things, whatever we go through here on this earth is temp- as, as a temporary situation is like, okay, I can, I can deal with that if I can get there, yep. right? Think about um, if somebody came to you and said, hey, hey, Nick, I'll, I'll give you a million dollars but you have to walk a mile with no shoes on Legos, Ooh. you know, and you can't complain once Nick. Cause if you do, you lose all the money. <laughs> like we, we could say, I'm going to do my best to go through the struggle because I want that prize money. I want what's at the end because that prize at the end is greater to me, right? You might say greater to me than all the pain I'm going to suffer for mile. Maybe I won't be able to walk on my feet for another month after that, but you know what? I'm going to go after that and I'm going to give it the best I got because I want that prize money. And in a situation like that, I'd be praying for the flat Legos, <laughs> not, not the big eight, eight point ones. Oh yeah. yeah. Flat Legos. We're good to go. Good to go. <laughs> That's what I'd be praying for. <laughs> and so we're faced with that same situation in life. If we believe in eternal life and we believe at the prize that we're having our eyes focused on the things we go through in this earth are, are so small in comparison. Yep. And it's hard to see that at the moment you're going through that trial, at the moment you're going through a sickness, at the moment you're going through the hard times, it's hard to see and to focus on what's going to be ahead. But that's the whole point. That's the whole point of what, why we believe what we believe and why we read through lessons and why we study because it's to strengthen us to get through those moments yep. that are the lowest because it's easy to follow God when we're, everything's going perfect. Well, in, in a sense of what we believe is perfect. And you know, you have no issues and everything's good with your family and, you, you know, you you have everything, feels yep. like it's everything sorted out. But when those problems come, those are the times that you have to continue to be the same, you know, that, that you were when things were going good. And that's, for me, that's why we, we study what we study and we try to, we try to learn how to overcome those situations and continue moving at the same speed, at the same path that we're doing when things are going good. Yeah. And I mean, it's interesting we're all talking about this right now because when we look at the way the church was, and this is looking at the, one of the 
important images that is described in Revelations is talking about the woman in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. You know, at the time that this was, you know, the church was being formed and I, I, it was a teenager, basically. Yeah. yeah, This is the best way to put it. It was a teenager that was confused. And when you're a teenager, you know, you get that, do I go left or do I go right? Yep. And you're always in that struggle as a growing up because you're, you're dealing with changes. You're dealing with things that you're not used to. Now, the church at this time, and this is the, the Catholic church, there was a group of people that were looking at what the church was doing and realized, you know, and this is before people were able to read, because at the time, the only people that were able to read were, were the, um, the preachers, the, the, the bishops, and yeah. those that were actually a part of the, I guess, the, the covenant of the church, yeah. I guess the best way to put it. Those that had the ability to read were in those positions. So they could say whatever they wanted, and the people that were listening, you know, were uneducated, had no ability to read, couldn't write, mm-hmm. just knew what they saw. And it, they were being lied to. They were being misled. Yeah. And there was people that saw what was going on. And it's talking about the woman in the church or woman in the wilderness was the people that were in that church that saw something wasn't right and left. Yeah. And this is where we get, you know, the, the Protestant movement, we get the Lutherans, mm-hmm. we get, you know, all these factions that fell away from the Catholic church because they saw the lies and the deceptions that were yeah. going on. And one of the biggest things is the the Catholic church has this thing. You go to a priest to ask for forgiveness and the priest, according to them, mm-hmm. God gave them the ability to forgive sin. And that wasn't the case because in scripture we can clearly see the only one that can forgive sin is God. Yeah. Not man. You don't go to man to ask for forgiveness. You go through the son to the father. Yeah. And during that time, there was a lot of issues going on. There was people that were in the Catholic church that persecuted these people because they were losing their grip. Mm -hmm. They were losing their, their control basically over these people. And it again, it goes back to that same thing. History likes to repeat itself. Yes, it does. And it goes back to what Christ told the disciples, the, the apostles. He goes, you're going to be persecuted if you follow the way of truth. You follow my way. Mm-hmm. And as these mm-hmm. people were breaking away from the Catholic Church, they started getting persecuted because of their beliefs, yes. because they were going to Scripture. They were learning to read. They had people who were who had the ability to read, who saw the the misguidance that the Catholic Church was having, and were com- telling people, "It's like you're following it wrong." Yeah, you know, God is everywhere, and it's He's not just in the big beautiful church. church yeah. He's everywhere. You can go anywhere and pray. You can get on your knees and ask for forgiveness to God directly. You don't have to go to the priest. And it was, it was taking power away from that church, yeah. and the, that church had a lot of influence from Satan. And we can see it, and it describes in Revelations exactly why. Mm-hmm. And when you're looking through history and you're looking at, and this is the, the most interesting part of this is, you know, you have the, the 1260 days, you know, the, the times, times, and times and a half uh, stuff that you see in Revelations and how it, 
it fits so perfectly yeah. with history, you know, <clears throat> all the way up to Christ entering, mm-hmm. you know, entering the thing to, to, to begin the judgment. It's all in revelation. It explains it perfectly. When you look through history and you look at all this, it, it just lines up and so this well. Is, this is much of the stuff we're going to go through in this quarter is that oh, we're yeah. going to start breaking down some of these, uh, these prophecies and what they mean and how it, how it shows that, Yes, history does repeat itself and showing us that everything in history will line up exactly how it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And the entire time you have, and and this is where your faith really needs to shine the most, is we know the outcome. Mm-hmm. We know what's leading to. We know the promise that God has made to us. We know the sacrifice that Christ gave on that hill <clears throat> for us. Now, when we get to this last lesson about the remnant, that's the choice we have to make. Are we that remnant or are we of the world? Are we of the things in the world? Are we, are we walking away from God? Are we remaining loyal to God and obedient to his truth and faithful to his mission? That's what the remnant is. Mm -hmm. And, and it says in revelation that, those that follow, those that are the remnant are going to be the most persecuted. Yeah, Those are going to be the ones that are going to stand out in the crowd. And I've seen it personally that, you know, when you take away that veil of being ashamed of being a Christian, mm-hmm. being ashamed of your faith, and you sit there and you, you pray in public, people will look at you. Oh, yes, they will. <laughs> people will be like, what? What are you doing? Don't do that out here. Mm-hmm. There's a place you can go. It's like, no, this is God's world. This is not my world. Yeah. This is not your world. This is not the government's world. <laughs> this isn't somebody else's world. This is the world that God made. This is the world that belongs to him. And I am thankful that I'm here. And I want to be a part of that remnant. And if you bring that into what's going on in the church today, many people will look at, the church that they're in and they'll say, well, why is there so much, seems like there's so much corruption in the church. Why is it that there's so much um, division and so much hatred and so many problems? You know, a lot of people turn away from, from following Christ because they'll come to any church, right? Yep. And they'll say, well, look at these people. They're no different than the people that are outside the church or the thing, the way they do things are so political and it's yep. so, um, it's, it, I don't want to be part of that. I hate politics. And so they choose not to follow God based on what's going, what they see, what their eye is going on in our church. Right. And so because of that, they question, well, why is it like this? And if it's like this, I, ch- I rather choose to stay away. Yep. But right here in this portion of the lesson, we see that there's an answer to that. Right. And when, when we read in revelation 13, 14 through 17. And if we see that if Satan cannot destroy Christ, he will attempt to destroy the object of Christ's deepest affection, his church. Yep. So he's coming for the church because he wants to create division. He wants to create problems. And so when we ask that question, why is there these problems in the church? Isn't it supposed to be perfect? Isn't it supposed to be a group set aside, the remnant people who are supposed to all love each other and everybody's supposed to be happy all the time and there's going to be no corruption, there's going to be no politics. No, no, no. It's telling us right here that there is going to be more of that Mm -hmm. because he's attacking the church. 
for those specific reasons, because he wants to break up the people of God. He wants to break us up and to, to cast doubt upon us, to say, no, we, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to be in my local church because there's so much problems. I'm leaving. I'm out of here. Yep. And he knows if he can do that one by one and pick us apart, he's going to be victorious against us. Oh, yeah. And this is why we see the problems in the church, because he, that we are the object of his attacks. And I, I love how, how this lesson ends. You know, it, it's a simple question. <clears throat> where's your loyalty mm-hmm. and where's your allegiance? And, and I think the best way to sum up the end of this lesson is that last paragraph in the God's end time remnant section. It says our world is headed for a major crisis, but in Jesus, by Jesus, through Jesus, and because of Jesus, our victory is assured. And this is our victory against the world mm-hmm. and our victory against Satan. Just as long as we stay connected to him, which we do by faith. And when you have your faith and you're doing by faith, Mm -hmm. it's going to lead to obedience. And when you're obedient to God, there's no reason to make a choice because your choice is made. And you've decided what you're going to do. And there's nothing that can take that away from you if you continue to live by and through Christ. That's, that's That's what we're presented with. Yep. And that's our biggest takeaway from this first lesson of the quarter is hey, it comes down to that choice and it comes down to that. What are we going to do? Um, like I said, I'm, I'm excited for this quarter. Yeah. I think we're going to definitely have some really difficult subjects to talk about, but the way I'm seeing it, it it's, it needs to be discussed. Yes, exactly. It needs to be discussed. And, does biggest thing for our listeners is pray pray before studying pray for guidance pray for wisdom and these lessons will make sense and you know we're here to help we're here to listen and provide our insight into this and it's like i said it's going to be a very tough subject a very tough quarter and i'm looking forward to us getting through it because i'm i'm already learning so much and Mm -hmm. I hope everybody else does too. But with that, uh, we want to say thank you all for listening. And if you have any questions or comments about this week's lesson, please go to our podcast page on our website. It's threeangelssda.org slash podcast. That's the number three, angelssda.org podcast. And use the comment section that we have on there. You can ask questions or leave a comment, and we'll get back to you as soon as we can on it. Um, there you can also listen to any of the previous lessons as well as our other programs that we're going to be having on there as well. Also, don't forget to su- subscribe, like, and share this podcast with our and our previous episodes on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Just search for ABQ Three Angels Podcast. We'll pop up and listen to some of the other stuff that we have on there. And it, continue to listen to the lesson. Um, With that, we want to say God bless you all, and join us next week as we go over our next lesson titled, A Moment of Destiny. I'm looking forward to it, and I hope you guys are too. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and close with prayer. I thank you, Lord, for allowing us to have another breath of life and for giving us a choice, a choice that is difficult, but a choice that must be made by us and only us. And we thank you for giving us the opportunity to make that choice. And Lord, I I pray that those that are listening make the choice to live through you, by you, and for you. I know I'm making that choice today to do that. And I'm so excited for 
for the victory to come and that the pain and suffering that's in this world and deception lies will be removed. And I look forward to that glorious day where we can join you in the clouds in heaven. Lord, we thank you again, and we ask for forgiveness for our sins and our transgressions. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This podcast has been brought to you by the Albuquerque Three Angels SDA Church. If you would like to know more about our church, please visit threeangelssda.org.